Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am your host, Elizabeth Benton Thompson. If you want to create change in any area of your life, you're in the right place. Together, we'll explore the strategies and tools I've used to lose over 100 pounds, pay off $130,000 in debt, and become a multiple seven-figure business owner. I've supported more than 3,000 women to levels of execution and fulfillment they didn't know were possible. Together, we'll break your past patterns and eliminate the appeal of your excuses so you can get consistent, stay consistent, create the results you want, and enjoy the journey. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton, pumped to talk about motivation today. Really, really excited because this is easily one of the top three questions that I get asked most often. How do I stay motivated? How do I get motivated? Why am I not motivated? Motivation is a huge topic, no matter what your goal is. For me, a lot of times motivation has been around feeling motivated or not to work out, feeling motivated or not to eat well. But motivation was also a massive factor as I built my business. And now motivation is a big factor in things like folding the laundry and putting it away or making dinner or organizing some part of my home. And I was talking to my husband about this the other day because he and I are so different, you guys. Like we could not be more polar opposite. And he really struggles with motivation for streams of income and side hustles. And that is just a constant thing for him. But I'm passionate, super passionate about talking about motivation because it is so misunderstood, so misunderstood. And we are just going to break through that today. What I'm actually going to do is I'm going to share with you today one of the modules from the consistency course, the one that focuses on motivation, because we just can't talk about consistency without talking about motivation, because so often we think that we need to be more motivated. And, and you've probably heard me say before, like, do it without motivation. But it's it's more complex than that. There's more to it than that. And there are things that we can do to cultivate motivation, to create motivation, to generate that feeling when we don't have it. So we are going to talk about all of that today. Again, this is taken directly from inside the consistency course. And it's maybe the only time in the consistency course we talk about motivation. Uh, you guys know I'm opening up a limited number of spots here very soon into the consistency course. The reason it's a limited number of spots is because I am personally involved and have conversations with folks about uh, where they're at and their goals. And it's just not something that I can do with an unlimited group of people. So I'm going to be opening up a limited number of spots. If you're not on the wait list, get on the wait list. Chances are it will only open up to the wait list. It might not get the opportunity to be opened beyond that if we fill up those spots from the wait list. So I'll put that link in the show description. It's also, I'll just tell it to you now if that's easier, primalpotential.com forward slash the dash consistency dash 
course. Primalpotential.com forward slash the dash consistency dash course. That is the link to get on the wait list. It'll, I'll also put it in the show description or you can always email me. Um, but we do kick off by talking about motivation. That's what I want to share with you today. But then we go into tracking and execution. We go into understanding consistency. We go through barriers to consistency, the keys to consistency, implementation resources, tools, different things like reclaim your determination in three minutes or less, realistic reframes, turning your excuses into results, the messy middle, the tendency to drift or disengage, unlearning that with examples. And then my favorite thing is, dozens and dozens of one-on-one coaching um, that I do with you and also share with you so you can benefit from from other anyway tons of stuff make sure you're on the wait list that's where I'll be sharing all of the details and we're just going to dive in and talk all things motivation we're going to have a conversation about motivation and it might seem odd to some of you to dive into a course of resources and tools and strategies for getting and staying consistent by talking about motivation. But this is a really important one because a lot of folks feel that if they were more motivated, they would be more consistent. And that might be true. I know when I'm fired up, gung-ho, ready to go. Maybe it's because I just got new workout clothes or new workout shoes, or maybe I got a new computer or a new office set up, and that helps my drive to get things done. But the reality is that motivation will always ebb and flow because it's an emotion. And there are absolutely things that we can do, and we're about to dive into them, to feel more motivated and to have motivation last longer. So you can do that. But As important to that is being consistent whether you are motivated or not. I say this all the time, but I almost never want to go to the gym. I'm always glad I did, but it is exceedingly rare for me to feel like, oh, I can't wait to work out today. It's happened before, but it's not very often. It doesn't happen very often. And a lot of folks see that as an obstacle. But over time, what I've built is the discipline to work out that does not tie in any way to how I feel in a moment about working out. And the same thing is true for work. When I first started Primal Potential, after the first maybe four months that were rocky in that adjustment from working for a corporation and having to be at work at a certain time, shifting from that to I can do whatever I want, whenever I want. That first four months was rocky. But after that, I developed a discipline to get up and work every morning. And I kid you not, I worked seven days a week, 365 days a year for almost seven years. I worked Christmas. I worked New Year's. Now, I didn't work as long on those days, but every single day for years and years. Sometimes I was really motivated. I would wake up with a project I was amped to work on, but a lot of the time, the majority of the time, I much rather would have laid on the couch or stayed in bed, put some TV on, and got to it later. 
but I had the discipline. And we are going to develop the discipline in our time together. But before we do that, I want to talk about motivation because it is so misunderstood. A lot of times we think of motivation just very simple as this feeling of drive, wanting to do something, being eager to do it. But motivation is actually more complex than that. Brendan Burchard created essentially a a formula for different elements of motivation in his book, The Motivation Manifesto. It's a great read if you're looking for something to read. And I wanted to go through them today because what you will see is why you so frequently don't feel motivated as well as what you need to do differently if you want to feel that. Now, one of my own mantras is I don't want to be motivated. I want to be committed. Commitment to me is whether I feel like it or I don't feel like it, I'm in the mood or I'm not, I'm stressed, I'm tired, I have a lot of time to do it, I feel like I have no time to do it, my behavior remains the same. I don't want to be motivated, I want to be committed. But I also acknowledge how good it feels to be motivated, to feel that drive, and I want every single one of us, myself included, to know how to create motivation on demand. Sometimes it just makes things easier if your drive is high. And we are all capable of creating that feeling. There are different elements, and each of the three elements of motivation has different components. The first one is the spark. And I like to think of this as a match. Now, I said there were three elements of motivation, and the first one is the spark. That means there's two more after the spark. And yet, so many of us act as though the spark of motivation should be enough to carry it through, and it's not. It's not. That spark of motivation might come from a podcast you listened to or a book you read or somebody's post that you saw or a new outfit that you got. It can come from anything. But it does not last very long. Kind of like... When we light a match, and I'm sitting here with a match, I've done this on live webinars before where I strike the match and I light it. I'm going to do it right now, even though you guys can't see it. And I I now have the match lit, and it's been burning for two seconds, three seconds, four seconds, five, it's out. Because the, the match gives us fire, which is what we were after when we struck the match, but the fire doesn't stick around unless we do something to it, right? And those are the second and the third elements of motivation, which are sustain and amplify, and we'll get to that. But a lot of folks, they get that initial spark, and then when it's gone, it's fizzled out. They're like, oh, why am I never motivated? Because the spark is just the start, and you have to do something with it in order to sustain it in order to make it grow. But let's talk about that spark for a second. What makes that spark? Maybe you haven't felt that spark of motivation. Maybe for you, it's this feeling of obligation and it's no motivation at all. What creates the spark of motivation is the combination of ambition and expectancy. Ambition is that thing you want right? I want to lose weight. I want to make more money. I want to get out of debt. 
I want to have a better marriage. I want to be able to do pull-ups. The desire to be, do, have, feel, experience something, right? It's not always have. I want to have more money. I want to have more free time. Maybe it's something you want to be. I'm really motivated to be a role model of health and fitness for my kids. Ambition is the desire to have something, to be something, to do something, to experience something. I want this. Most of us can relate to that ambition. Very few people couldn't tell me something that they would like to have, be, do, feel, experience, etc. Where a lot of people drop the ball on this first phase is the second component, which is expectancy. The belief that it is possible for you. For the longest time, I did not think weight loss long-term was possible for me. I believed it was possible for other people. I did not believe it was possible for me. So it was very hard to feel any amount of motivation because I wanted this outcome. I wanted this result. I wanted to be someone in something different, but I had no belief that it was possible for me until I realized that there's a difference between believing it's possible for me and knowing exactly how I'm going to do it. Because when I would think about, is it possible for me? I was really thinking about it in terms of, am I going to do it? Am I going to stay consistent? Am I going to stay in the game? Am I going to avoid excuses? But it's very much, I, I could have believed at the time, is it possible? Is it possible for me to get to this end goal? The how aside, my consistency aside, is it humanly possible for me? Yeah. Well, that changes everything. Especially when I realize I don't have to have every single step of the journey figured out. I experienced this too when it came to the idea of financial freedom and financial flexibility. I had lived paycheck to paycheck forever. And yeah, I got out of debt, but the idea of like building wealth, how? I don't know anything about that. I mean, I don't make enough money at my job to do that. I had the ambition, the desire to have financial freedom and passive income. But the thing that kept me from expectancy was not knowing how. You don't have to know the how at this point. What you have to do is trust that there are enough resources to help you obstacle by obstacle by obstacle, one thing at a time. You know, I when I think about cooking, I'm not an amazing cook. But I believe I could be an amazing cook because I think if I can read, I can make something exceptional because of how many recipes are out there. I don't know how to make the world's best prime rib, right? But I can read and follow instructions, so it is absolutely possible for me. And I feel the same way about just about anything, building a business. Do I know how? I have a couple of ideas in my mind for things that I might do in the future. I do not know how, but do I believe that one small step at a time I can learn and that there are enough people that I could ask that I could move in that direction over time? Yeah, 
I believe that's possible. Do I believe that it is possible for me to overcome temptation one time when it comes to food? Yeah, I do. I don't have to tackle overcoming temptation 27,000 times over the rest of my life. I don't have to tackle that. I only have to tackle one at a time. So this expectancy piece can be achieved if we realize that we're only having to establish that it is possible, that we are capable, and that there are enough resources to support us. You're 90% of the way there because you are someone who invested in a program to help you in an area where you struggle. Do you know exactly how you're going to create consistency and overcome your common excuses? No. But you are here because you trust that you can get better at it through a resource. And that is available to you in every single area of your life. That first component of motivation, ambition plus expectancy, the spark. But that's just where it starts. Okay, so maybe you're saying, all right, that's the missing piece for me, the expectancy. That's something I can work on. I remember as a kid, I don't know why, maybe it wasn't even, maybe I was a teenager at this point. But for some reason, when we would drive anywhere, we could be driving down the road to a gas station, we could be driving to school, we could be on a road trip. We'd pass all of these businesses, right? I mean, every tire shop, every gas station, every grocery store, every paint store, every everything, gym and theater. I remember thinking, somebody started each one of these businesses. And the idea of starting a business felt like this big, huge, scary thing, you know, like how could you, I wouldn't know the first thing about starting a business. And I would say every single one of these, the the oil change place for the mechanic and the restaurant down the road, every single one of these, somebody started this business. And there is no way that every single one of those somebodies is smarter than me. There's no way that every single person who's ever opened a business is harder working than me. I'm sure a lot of them are, but there's no way that they all are. And that was so encouraging to me because it's like, there's no way that they were born knowing how to start a business, but they were able to figure it out. And that is true for everybody. And that did so much for my expectancy, the belief that it's possible for me. I don't know how to get there. There's still a ton of things I don't know how to do. But the expectancy, it is possible for me. So the spark is the first element. Maybe you're good on both of those things. Maybe the spark isn't the problem for you. Maybe it's about sustaining. And that's where your motivation drops off. To sustain motivation requires a combination of attention and effort. Attention and effort. Now, this does not mean that you think about the thing that is your primary goal or the area in which you want to be motivated all day, every day. No, absolutely not. Let's say that your goal is to lose 40 pounds. You might wake up, think about it for a minute because you walked past the mirror naked, and then you get in the shower and you get dressed for work and you grab your breakfast and you think about it for a second when you're considering what to eat, and then you're 
off to work and back-to-back meetings and you don't think about it until the next day. That's pretty normal. So I want to be clear that the intention piece of this is not an all-day, everyday kind of thing. But it does mean that our attention stays regularly on the thing that we want. Not once or twice a week, not when we're stressed or frustrated, not when somebody else brings it up or we see a post on Instagram, but we are intentional about keeping our attention on this thing. What that looks like for me is I use the Changemakers Journal. And in it, every single day, I write down my primary goal. That's one time that I am intentionally bringing my attention to that area. But it's not the only time because I also identify three action steps that I'll take that day. Not every day, but that day. Because some days I have more time. I have more bandwidth. Maybe I have childcare, so I'm able to do a bit more. Or maybe it's a day where it's just me and Roe and I do a little less. But still, I have a practice of writing down my primary goal every day and identifying three action steps I'll take. Could be small, could be slightly bigger than small, but never big, that I will take to move in the direction of that goal. I work with my journal open so I see them throughout the day and I check them off as they get done. 365 days a year, do I do all three? No. There are days where I don't. And that's okay. But my attention is fixed there. This is a missing piece of motivation for so many people because maybe they have a goal to get out of debt. And they sit down and they have this robust plan and they start working at it. And then, you know, life gets in the way and work's been really busy. And then it was the holidays. And the next thing you know, a few weeks or a few months have gone by and you haven't really thought much about your goal. There's a a real estate investor. He's really much more than that now, but I think of him as a real estate investor. And he has grown in his business exponentially in a short period of time. And I recently saw a post from him. uh, His name's Brandon Turner. And it said, I recommend reviewing your goals on a daily basis and monitoring your progress on a monthly basis. In other words, if your goal is to achieve a million dollars in net worth, where are you right now? Kids are born, natural disasters happen, your physical abilities slow down, and you become increasingly aware of your own mortality. These things can all play a role in your plan. However, a goal without a plan is just a wish. So even if your plan changes, keep working it and don't give up. What he's saying is your attention has to be there regularly. Not every second of the day, but ideally most days, the dramatic majority of days. This is the goal. This is what I'm going to do about it. The other component is effort. I probably don't have to say that this is why a lot of folks don't feel motivated on a regular basis. It's not just wanting something, right? We already established that it's the combination of ambition, wanting something, and expectancy, believing it's possible for you. But it also requires effort to sustain it. I always say that motivation flows from action. It is not a prerequisite for action. The best way for me to feel motivated 
is to take action. And the motivation, the feeling of drive flows from that action. That's this effort piece. And the great thing about effort is we get attention alongside it. You're not giving effort toward your goal without also giving it attention. So you can kind of kill two birds with one stone by having effort. That's why I love the Changemakers Journal as a tool. Because not only am I writing out my goal every day, but I'm identifying three small action steps I will take each day for that goal. Don't feel motivated? How's your effort? You might think, my attention is on my goal all the time. I think about it constantly. Great. How's your effort? You might think it's decent. Well, make it more than decent and see what happens to your motivation. This is like we light the match, but then we have to add to it in order to sustain that flame. And the effort of getting small pieces of wood and getting newspaper That is what serves to sustain that feeling that, yeah, makes action easier. That's the flywheel effect. You put in some effort, and then because you feel more motivated, it is easier to put forth more effort. So sometimes you have to, in fact, most of the time, you have to get in action when you don't feel like it in order to make it easier to keep doing more. You have to create that momentum, and that comes from effort. So to sustain motivation requires the combination of attention and effort. Remember how I said when you hear something, I want you thinking about it in terms of how can I implement this today or this week? Maybe there's something in the realm of expectancy or attention or effort that has really resonated with you. This is your reminder to say, what can I do with it this week? Maybe you're going to try writing down three small action items that you can take today towards your goal. Maybe you're putting a note in your journal for your three action items tomorrow, or you're putting time in your calendar this evening to identify your action items for the rest of this week. Make sure that you aren't hearing this and, oh, yeah, that makes sense. That's good, but not implementing it. The key is always implement. That's why I want you doing this in small chunks and not treating it like a Netflix show. The final component is amplify the motivation. Make it grow. Make it bigger. Make it stronger. Make it more powerful. And that is through a combination of attitude and environment. This is another one I probably don't have to tell you that not having a good attitude is one reason that many people struggle to feel motivated. Maybe their attitude is pessimistic. It's defeatist. It's focused on all the obstacles and all the barriers. I believe so much. I think it was Colin Powell that said this, but don't quote me on that. He or somebody said, Perpetual optimism is a force multiplier. I just mentioned a flywheel. You know, it just, it gets easier and easier and easier and easier as it goes. And optimism is one of those things that the more optimism that you put onto something, the more that it multiplies your efforts and you get more from what you're doing when you do it with optimism. 
when you have a good attitude, when you have a can-do attitude, a solution attitude, instead of focusing on all the problems. Sometimes I'll get emails from listeners or clients and they'll tell me an email of like everything in their way and why they couldn't get it done. My mother is sick and my kids have had doctor's appointments and my my relationship is rocky and it's a stressful time at work. And I'll email back, good-natured but but very serious, I only got part of your email. I only got the part about the problems. I didn't get anything about the solutions. Your attitude can focus on problems or solutions. I write about this in Chasing Cupcakes, how years ago now, I had a tiny house custom built, you know, like those shows or the really cute small spaces. I had one custom built. And after waiting for so long and jumping through so many hoops to find out where to put it, it arrived to me and there were so many problems. I mean, so many problems. And I I didn't feel equipped to fix them. I didn't know the first place to start. And so I'm going back and forth constantly with the manufacturer and it's like over Christmas, you know, so everybody has a million other things going on and they're not super responsive. And for weeks, I was just complaining to my then boyfriend about everything that was going wrong and, you know, how could this happen? And I paid good money and how could it arrive here with all of this stuff? And I got so fed up with the problems that I, I, one day when he got frustrated too with the problems and started talking about it, I kind of snapped at him and I said, listen, if you have something to contribute to the solution, fantastic. I welcome your input. But if you don't, keep your mouth shut because I don't want to hear more about the problems. And we got to get that way with ourselves. Yes, there are many barriers and there are roadblocks and there will be every single day. Welcome to the human experience. But that does not mean that you have to be negative, that you have to be cynical, that you have to focus on all of the barriers more than you focus on solutions. Because here's the truth. For every problem, for every setback, for every barrier, there's a way forward. In fact, I'd say there's many ways forward. And your attitude has a huge part to play in your success and, of course, in your motivation. The other part of this of amplifying motivation for those of us who want to feel that drive because it does make things better, it makes things easier, it makes things more enjoyable, is environment. And environment encompasses a lot of things. As I sit here looking at my desk and it's very chaotic right now because I've got things from all over the house in here that don't belong in here that are in here for one reason or another, it is very much your physical environment. But it's also your internal environment. I, at times, can be pretty high-strung and easily stressed out. That is not a good internal environment for motivation. So many times a day, I remind myself that whatever has me stressed, irritated, etc., is not worth my peace or my progress. And in the scheme of life, really means very little. And I come back to choosing to be calm and choosing to be patient and choosing to be grateful. And that mental and emotional environment is a huge part of drive. Our mental and emotional environment is also created by what we listen to. I am a very 
open person about how I think murder podcasts are part of the problem in terms of people failing to execute, get things done, achieve their goals, et cetera. And I say this as somebody who used to listen to murder podcasts. You might not and be wondering why I'm using that as an example. They're the most popular podcasts of hundreds of millions of podcasts because they're gripping and they're interesting. But what does that do for your internal environment? You know, you, you put darkness in, you don't get sunshine out. Does that make you a better creative, energetic problem solver? Does it make you a better communicator? Does it make you more kind? What we listen to, what we read, who we spend time with, all of these things are pieces of our environment. And you might think, well, great, I'm screwed because I work with a bunch of jerks. No, you're not. Because there's more to your environment than that. There's more that you do control than you don't control. If you're watching gossip TV, reality TV, craziness, insanity, yelling, screaming, drama, that doesn't do amazing things for your environment. Doesn't mean you can never do that again, but we do have to keep it in mind. If you put positive inputs into your life, you will generate positive outputs. And if you're consuming negative inputs, you're going to have a harder time getting positive outputs. Not only that, but your environment is closely linked to your attitude. When I am listening to books about personal growth and personal development or health and fitness and things that motivate and inspire me, I promise you I'm in a better space in terms of my own affect, my own disposition. If I'm listening to sermons, I have a more positive disposition than if I'm watching reality TV. It's just always a choice. We don't have to make perfect decisions all the time. I don't even believe that perfect is a thing, but we do have to be aware of our physical environment, our mental and emotional environment. It is worth taking 10 minutes before you lay on the couch and watch Netflix to clean up your kitchen so that when you wake up in the morning, it is a clean, organized, bright space for you. This is how we amplify motivation, the combination of attitude and environment. So I tell you all of this to remind you that motivation is not this simple, yes, I feel it, no, I don't, binary sort of thing. It's much more complex than that. And it's not something that falls upon you by chance. Some people are motivated and some people aren't. No, it is something that you can create. The spark is a combination of ambition and expectancy. Sustaining comes down to the combination of attention and effort. And then amplifying is about attitude and environment. And before we leave this section, I want you thinking about what you will implement today or this week from this. Might be one thing, it might be two things, don't have it be seven things. And make sure before you close out, before you move on to the next thing, put it on your calendar. All right. I hope that was helpful to you. 
I am really excited to welcome a bunch of you into the consistency course. All of the information, all of the details will be going out to the waitlist. So you can either grab that link in the show description or go to primalpotential.com forward slash the dash consistency dash course. Primalpotential.com forward slash the dash consistency dash course. If you have any trouble, just direct message me on Instagram. You can find me there at Elizabeth Benton, and I will get you the link. Make it a great day. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you enjoyed it, make sure to take a few seconds to leave a rating and review on whatever platform you're listening. It not only supports the show in a huge way, but it also automatically enters you into our weekly product giveaway. For more tools, tips, and strategies on creating change, check out my first book, Chasing Cupcakes, and follow me on Instagram at Elizabeth Benton. Remember, every choice is a chance, and I'll see you next time. Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money.